Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, I want to do something really exciting today and introduce a couple speakers to you that'll be speaking. But we're calling today Fresh Voices, just fresh voices in the house, people that have been praying and fasting and seeking the face of God for a message for you. And I'm really excited about those that'll be speaking today. I got the opportunity to work with them this last week and hear some of their messages. And they're just really incredible. But I gave them just a simple assignment. And it was just to remind us about Christmas and to remind us about the opportunity that we have this week. And so that's what they're gonna bring today. And so we've got three communicators and I just wanna speak a little life over each of them before they come up because I'm not gonna introduce them one by one uh, in between the communicators. But uh, the first person that will be speaking is Jasmine Saldazar. I think she got some family on the front row, but I'm so grateful for Jasmine. And Jasmine, I'm grateful for the gift of God on your life. And uh, she's back there side stage, but I, I'm grateful for just the, the anointing that's on her and the, the, just the, the joy. Jasmine's been on our dream team since we launched. And one of the things that I, I say, if we were just gonna sum up Jasmine in a nutshell, it would just be pure joy. She's just got the joy of the Lord on her and she's got an amazing word about the love of God that she's gonna bring to you. And then secondly, Lydia Klingelsmith, everybody. She's our youth pastors, her and Billy. And Lydia and Billy mean so much to us. And Lydia, I'm just so excited for them to hear your word today. Lydia uh, is very anointed. She's grown up, she's a PK. She's grown up in a pastor's home and you can see the presence of God all over her when she communicates. And so I'm excited for that. And then lastly, Jay Tigner. Jay is, yeah. Jay is one of the first people I met when I moved. I think I met the pretties and then I met Jay uh, when I moved here to Louisville. And Jay and I met at the Outer Loop out at a McDonald's and he was really leery. He's like, are you guys who you say you are? I mean, it looks cool on Instagram. I don't know about this. And Jay connected with us and became a part of the church and did more than just kind of show up. But Jay has been a person that week in, week out, no matter what's been asked of him, whether it's helping with small groups or outreach or production. He's been here to just say, hey, I'm yes, whatever it is, whatever the request, it's just a yes. And Jay, today I honor every 5 a.m. morning on a Sunday for the last year that you've been coming and setting up. There's a gift on your life. And what you don't know is Jay is a preacher. Jay served as a pastor of a local church for many years. And today he's back in the pulpit, back in the saddle. And uh, you're gonna love Jay. Jay's an amazing communicator. And so here's what I want you to do. Uh, as each person comes out, there'll be a little bit of transition that takes place. And so why don't you just celebrate them? Let's make sure that you know, church family, that you're excited they're speaking. And then when they're done, celebrate the word that they give. And when you celebrate that, just receive the word. That's what that is. When you celebrate, just let it be an act of receiving the word that just God just spoke through them. And so without further ado, Jasmine, everybody, come on out. Jasmine. Good morning, everyone. Wow, this definitely feels a lot different. I'm so excited to be standing right here in, fr in front of you. I would have never imagined in a million years that I could be doing this, but I'm so grateful that this is a day, this is a time 
And I'm excited to share something special that God has put in my heart for all of you. First of all, I just want to say thank you. Not, not sure where Pastor Sean went. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Thank you, Pastor Jen, for believing in me, for trusting me, and encouraging me every step of the way. Thank you. I honor you this morning, and I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you. If you are here kind of nervous and you don't know what's going on, maybe this is your first time here, um, I just want to say relax, sit back. We have a message. My friends and I um, have searched for a great message that is not only information, but it's transformation to your life. So please just be open to receive this um, as we are very excited to share this with you. Um, without um, any further ado, how many of you guys like to receive gifts? Raise your hand if you like to receive gifts. I'm sure all of you guys are ready. I'm sure you're done with your shop, um, your Christmas shopping. Um, if you're not like me, pray for us. Like they said earlier, we're just a little behind, but we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. Uh, my sister-in-law this year, she did something super clever. She created a group chat where everyone in our family will go in and drop in our wish list of things that we want for Christmas. This way, it makes it a little easier for us to go shopping, right? So that's much easier. Um, so I'm just so grateful for her idea. Um, but let me ask you on the other side of the spectrum, who likes to give gifts? I think I'm one of them. I'd rather give than to receive. You know, it's just much easier and you find a lot more joy when you're actually buying for someone than telling someone, hey, get me this for Christmas, right? So um, this morning, I want to talk to you about a special gift that you, that me, and everyone around the world has access to, and they should know about this. And it's the gift of the love of God. It's a gift that is unconditional. It's a love that goes beyond any human understanding, beyond any human love. It's a love that is not an emotion, but it's a commitment to you and to me. So I want to read a scripture, and if you have your Bible, go ahead and find this um, verse. You can find it in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, and it reads, this is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It's not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his only son as a sacrifice that deals with our sins. How many of you guys can say God loves me? Can you guys say that? God loves me. But guess what? Sometimes as humans, we feel unworthy of so much love. We start questioning whether or not God loves us, or maybe we feel undeserving, guilty of so much love because of our past, because of our doings, because of our, you know, not, our, our attention's not focused on God. But let me tell you that His grace and His love is sufficient. No matter of our sins, our mistakes, 
our bad actions, our doubting, He still loves us. He's, his love is so overwhelming and so abundant that God, God still gave His Son for us, guys. That is true love. That is the meaning of true love. So this Christmas season, a lot of you guys, maybe not you, but a lot of people are out there not finding the, the joy, not the happiness, but the joy of Christmas. They're walking around, taking a day at a time. They're just, you know, wondering, you know, when is this going to be over? When is January coming? Um, they don't find the joy and the lights, the, the Christmas tree the food, the family, they don't find that joy because there's something missing. There's something missing, guys. But if honestly, if we want to have a jolly Christmas, is that how you say it? I think a happy, jolly Christmas. If you want that, you need to deal with Jesus. We need to deal with him, guys. We need to deal with him. And we need to recognize that God in his infinite love for us sent his son Jesus to the world to live as man here on earth. He died on the cross for our sins and is and actually resurrected on the third day and is now sitting right next to the Father. If you don't know anything else, that is true love. That is the love that you deserve, that I deserve, and everyone should know about it. Um, maybe let's talk about the other group of people. Maybe you love Christmas so much. Maybe you couldn't wait to decorate your home after Halloween. Maybe you've been listening to the Christmas carols ever since January, I mean, October 31st, right? That's when Halloween ended. Um, you're so excited. You just, you find that, that joy. You enjoy the shopping. You enjoy the baking. You enjoy the Christmas parties. You love all this. But guys, I feel like us, we're walking around with this, with this Christmas gift. With this Christmas gift that is the love of God. And we, know, we need to show it to other people. We need to show it. We need to share it. It feels really good, right? If you love Christmas and this is your favorite season, we know that this feels good. But sometimes we just want to keep it for ourselves because it feels good. It makes me feel amazing. But God wants you to open this gift, share it with someone that needs it. They, he wants us to, to be, for him to be known. Guys, I remember when I first opened this gift, it was the best gift of my life. It was the best gift. It changed my life completely. But not only did it change my life completely, but it changed the life of my family, the trajectory of my marriage, and the most important, the trajectory of my kids. So how can we keep this as a secret? How can we keep this as a secret and not share it with someone that needs it? If you know the need out there, if it's so hard to do life with Jesus, can you imagine what does it feel like to do it without him? It's so hard. And it's in our hands for us to, to show his love. His mercies are new every morning. And it doesn't matter what we did. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. He's still there for us. He wants to help us. 
He wants to fulfill our every single day of our life, guys. I'm just so excited, and I, and, and I hope that before this service is over, God actually reveals who are you going to be sharing this gift with? Who are you going to extend that invitation to? We don't need, you know, numbers. We don't need, what well, we do need all the seats to be filled, but it's not about the numbers. It's about the experience. Some people don't even, they don't have a clue of what this is about. Some of them are questioning, like, where did you go to church every Sunday? Like, why? Because there's something special. You need this. You need this in your life. God loves you, and he loves everyone, and he wants every single one of us to experience that. Guys, thank you so much for your attention, and, and please take this gift. Wrap it in a bow, pretty bow. You don't need to do anything. You just need to say, come with me. And then God will take care of the rest. Thank you, guys. Good morning, guys. Good morning, y'all. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Lydia. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am so honored and privileged to be standing up here today to give a word I believe God has given me. But first and foremost, I want to thank... Sorry if I cry. I want to thank Pastor Jen and Pastor Sean for believing in me and for believing in who God has called me to be and for giving me this chance to share this word today. I am truly humbled and truly honored. So we're going to jump right in. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but during this Christmas season, I can feel like my focus is literally everywhere. Like my focus is on my job, my finances, or the fun Christmas parties I get to go to, or finding the right gift for my mom or my dad. It's just everywhere. But my question is, those things are not bad, right? They're not bad. Those are great things to think of. I love all of those things. And I'm sure all of you guys do too, and I'm sure all of you guys are in the same boat. But are they taking our full attention? Do they have our full focus? So I have an example for us to think about. Let's just say you're out shopping and you're in line and the cashier in front of you is just deciding to be mean for no reason. No reason at all. That just aggravates me. And what I would do is I just simply ignore it because I'm like, be like Jesus, give a little smile and move on, right? But let's invite Jesus into this scenario. What would he do? What would he see and what would he focus on? I believe what he would focus on is he would see a heart and a life that is in pain. And he would see a heart that just lost their father a week ago. And it's their first day back at work. So my question for us this next week and as we step into the year 2022, what if we focused the way Jesus focused? And what if we saw the way that he saw? And that leads us to our first scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. You can turn there if you want to. Um, it shows us how Jesus lived this out, how he lived out having his focus on the right thing. And it says, But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. This is just a beautiful picture of the heart of Jesus. And my favorite thing about this verse is the first few words. But when Jesus saw. 
when he saw, when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the crowd, when he saw the normal day-to-day average people that me and you walk by every single day, he stopped and he saw them. He saw their hearts. He saw into their life. And I believe Jesus exemplifies this in order to show us our need to see. And when I'm saying see, I'm not talking about these eyes. They're important, but I'm talking about our heart eyes. To see inside of the lives of the people around us. To see that family member who is usually in a grumpy mood. To see inside their heart and to see what's going on. And Jesus not only shows us how he sees, but he shows us how he moved with compassion. He was led with compassion. Compassion was the heart posture of Jesus. Compassion for people is what moved Christ. It's what actually moved his heart to to be able to see, to see the people around him. And that shows us that having compassion is truly what enables us to see. So if you're sitting there, okay, like I can see people, but what do I do to see from here? It's compassion. It's having the heart of Christ to see those around us because Jesus lived it out. His focus was on the right thing, y'all. He was led with compassion again, which allowed him to see the broken, the scattered, the weary that were like sheep having no shepherd. Compassion enabled him to do that. So this week, I believe there's an opportunity for you and for me to focus on the right thing, to put our focus on the right thing, to choose to focus on the right thing. Because Jesus came for people, so our focus needs to be on the people, amen? So here's why. It's the next verse, Matthew 9, 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus has a call for all of us right here. And that is to be the workers, to step out and to go and to tell. This is not something that is made for the pastors. It's made for us, the children of God, to be the light, to step out in boldness. So the first thing we need to do, we need to see, right? To be led with compassion. But the second thing is to go out and to tell, to work the beautiful harvest, to choose to be the laborers, to choose to allow God to work through us. And we have a chance to focus on the opportunity, that gift, that privilege, not a pressure, but a privilege to step out and to be obedient to his call to us. It's an amazing gift that we get to do. And we get to do something about it. It's our beautiful responsibility. It's not a pressure, you guys. To work the harvest is a gift. And sometimes it's not just praying for people from afar and hoping they're okay. And God can use that. There's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes there's so much power and life change that can happen when we step out of our little bubble of comfortability and we go up to that person with an invitation like, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to invite you to church with me. People aren't afraid of you. (laughs) They just, they're longing for something more. People are looking and searching more than ever, I believe, especially during this season. And we have a gift like what Jasmine shared to share. And it reminds me of a story when I was 14 years old. I was at the grocery store with my mom when we were in line. And the clerk's name was April, and she was like 70 years old. And I felt in my heart that I had a word for her. And I saw her, and she just looked broken, depressed, and crushed. I mean, you could just feel it. You could see it on her. Like, she just was done with life. And I felt like a tapping in my heart. I was nervous. I did not 
want to give this word. Like, I know I'm a PK or whatever, but I was terrified. What if she rejects me? What if I'm embarrassed? What if I don't say the right thing? I don't know what came over me, but I stepped out and I said it. And I said, hi, my name's Lydia. Um, April, I feel like God has given me a word to share with you. Can I do that? And she said, sure. And I stepped out and I said, April showers, bring me flowers. And I believe there has been storm after storm after storm in your life and you can't catch a break. You can't catch a breath and you don't see the flowers that are growing in your life. But I believe God is doing something greater than you could ever imagine. And he's here to tell you to not lose hope. What he's building, what he's producing in you will come to fruition. It was something like that. And in that moment, she broke down in tears, and you could feel the love of God swarm that place. You can feel his love wrap around her. And I was like, I don't know if this is good. <laughs> I was like, is she crying because she's hurt, or is this great? But she looked up at me, and she said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. And that was it, you guys. I didn't extend an invitation. I wish I did, but maybe that's you. When you give a word, you have an opportunity to focus, to see to go out and to tell, but to extend and to tell them about Christ, to invite them to church. And listen, y'all, I know it's scary. I'm not up here because it's easy. I'm not telling you to do it because I think it's super like great and I'm really excited and I could do it. I'm terrified to do it still. I understand the feeling that all the lies and the doubts that can come in when you're the one who wants to go see and who wants to tell. I get it, those lies that fill your mind. But I have an answer for you. Actually, the word of God has an answer for you. And it's found in Matthew 1.23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name, Emmanuel, God with us. So when even when all of those feelings of disqualification and doubts and lies and fears about who you are and why you shouldn't do it and why I can't do it, I don't have the time to do it, but God is with you. When you feel alone and abandoned and just exposed in that moment, God is with you in those moments. It's his promise, it's his name and it's nature and we can't change it. And God never asked us to do this alone, you guys. He would never call us into a place where he's not there already. He would never call us and prepare it. He's prepared the place for you to go and do it. He's a good father. He wants to be connected with you. It's the reason for this season. He came for us. Let God with us, Emmanuel, define what you do. Do not let your fears or what you call lack define what you do with your God-given destiny and your God-given call because there is greatness in you and it's simply to take a step and to share his love and to watch him do the rest because they're not drawn to you. They're not drawn to me. We're just the vessel that he uses. They're drawn to his presence. They're drawn to his glory. They're drawn to his love. They're drawn to his presence. So today I'm asking you, where's your focus? Will you allow your focus to be on the people? the ones that are broken, the ones that are hurting? Will you allow your focus to lead you to compassion to that person who's being rude for no reason? The ones that are wandering, will you let your focus lead you to that? Will you focus on your opportunity to go and do something about it, to take it and to move? And most importantly, will you remember that he is your Emmanuel. So my prayer for you this next week is may you truly see 
May the Holy Spirit enable all of us to see the people around us, the ones that are weary and scattered. May he be upon you so they can see who's in you. May you go and tell, may you step out in faith and in boldness, remembering that he is with you. And do not focus on your lack. Do not focus on your disqualification. Do not focus if you have it all together. But focus on the fact that Emmanuel, God with us, is with you. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Um, wow, it's, it's just been an amazing morning so far. I know the Lord's already spoken so much. And um, first of all, I want to say, Pastor Jim, Pastor Sean, thank you for the opportunity. Um, you know, I've got a story. Some of you know, some don't. And I'm thankful for this husband and wife that has believed for me whenever I couldn't believe for myself and believed in me whenever I didn't believe in myself. And now this opportunity to um, just be used by God. So I thank you. I honor you. We are certainly blessed with a great lead pastor team. Well, as we said, we're heading into holiday season. We're in fast forward. We're snowballing down that hill. And as we get to um, the Christmas holiday, I'm thinking about how it was as a kid and remembering that as a kid, and it's, some things never change, but as a kid, the most exciting part of it is the culmination of Christmas morning whenever the gifts are finally able to be revealed, unwrapped, surprised, excited, to play with like there is nothing else in the world going on except the gifts. Now, as I think back on my Christmases as a child, the excitement of the gifts was usually cut very short by the most excruciating time of Christmas Day for me, and that was the family meal. It was the time whenever you had to put away everything that you just got that you love so dearly that you've never seen anything like it, you're enjoying it, but you had to put it away because it was time to gather around a table for a meal. I mean, this is just a horrible time because here's the deal. In my family, the Christmas meal, it was the longest meal of the year. I mean, it never ended. It's like all the adults are at the big table and they're just loving life and the little kids are over here at a different table. They're trying to survive or make a scene and parents, whenever kids are trying to make a scene, it's usually um, planned out to try to cut that meal short. Can we just go back home, you know? Whatever it takes. Um, but it's just a tough time for a kid because the, the adults are just enjoying life. They're enjoying life around a table. They're enjoying one another around the table. And while for a child, it may be an excruciating time and hard to bear, I remember now looking back as an adult, how special the table was. As a child, the gifts were special. As an adult, the table time was special. It was a time where amidst the busyness of life, everybody just kind of carved out a moment to come around the table because they realized that what was most important to them are those who would gather around the table with them to experience the meal, to share in the love and the friendship and the joy of just being in relationship with one another. And as an adult, I get that now, but as a child, I didn't get it. 
But one thing I can say about my family is my family operated out of a mentality of there's always room for more at the table. They had to because we never had big spaces to gather. But what I can say is there were more people around the table than the fire marshal would approve of every single year. And as a child sitting at the small table, I remember looking like, you know, I, I recognize this person. I know who that person is. I think I might know who that person is. I'm not for sure if anybody knows who this person is, but somewhere along the way, they received an invitation to a table where there's food and there's fellowship, and they said, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm in. And it's just crazy to think about all the people that would cram into that spot. And I'm convinced that my family just worked out of a there's always room for more mentality whenever it comes to the table. Well, this morning, I think there's somebody in the Bible that operated out of the same mentality, and that was a man by the name of David. See, David was the king of Israel, and while he had spent a lot of time leading the army in battle, there did come a time whenever peace began to reveal itself in the land. And whenever it began to reveal itself in the land, he would gather around his table with his family, his friends, his cabinet members, and he realized, you know what, there's room for more. And as he thought about there being room for more, he knew exactly who he wanted to invite to his table. He wanted to invite somebody from a family that he made a promise to. See, before David was king, there was a king by the name of Saul. And God had chosen David as the successor to the throne. And during that transition period, things got a little rocky because as David's popularity increased, Saul was threatened by that. I mean, nobody wants to give up their throne. And so Saul began to get threatened by David's popularity. And because of his popularity and threat to his throne, Saul devised a plan to kind of get David out of the picture. Well, unfortunately for Saul, his son Jonathan and David had become best friends. And Jonathan had become aware of his father's plan to harm David, and he had a decision to make between his father and his best friend. Well, as the story goes, Jonathan warned David of the plans that his father Saul had against him and gave David a head start that would ultimately, I believe, result in David's life being spared. And David promised that whatever may come of the future, that he did not know, he did know one thing, that he would show kindness to Jonathan's family because of the kindness that was shown to him. And so whenever he sat around and looked at his table and said, there's somebody I wanna invite, this is what the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter nine, beginning in verse one. David asked, is there anyone remaining from the family of Saul I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of the family of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family that I can show kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, There is still Jonathan's son who was injured in both feet. The king asked him, Well, where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodabar at the house of Machir, the son of Amiel. So King David had him brought from the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Mephibosheth was his name. The son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David. He fell down and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth said, I am your servant. David said, don't be afraid. Since I intend to show you kindness for the sake of your father, I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields and you will always eat meals at my table. 
So whenever David looked at the table and he realized there's room for more, he knew exactly who it was he wanted to invite. He wanted to fulfill his promise that he made to the family of Jonathan and Saul to return the kindness that was shown to him. And he was able to find one in his own land that was of the descendants of Saul and Jonathan, and nonetheless, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. So he brought him in. He gave him a place at the table. And see, Mephibosheth thought there was going to be some static because that's why he came and fell down and said, I am your servant. And David's like, no, 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 it's not like that. I'm not threatened by you. You're not threatened by me. Get up. I want to bless you. I want to give you a place right here at my table always. I want to restore to you everything that you thought you had lost from your grandfather and his riches and his lands. You're going to eat at my table and you're going to live the blessed life. And that's the story of Mephibosheth. He received an invitation to the king's table that resulted in a blessing that was far beyond his imagination. See, there's so much about this experience that we can really learn from what it means to keep your word, what it means to be generous, what it means to look after those who are the least of these. Remember, Mephibosheth was injured in the feet. He was dropped as a baby. His feet didn't work right, so he wasn't independently mobile. We can talk about all these things, but what I want to look at is the big picture of the experience in that the invitation to the table that David extended is a picture of the invitation to the table that the king of the universe has extended to us all. See, Mephibosheth couldn't do any of this on his own. He was living in a, in a secluded area, kind of hiding in quietness and solitude, hoping just to kind of to, to exist. But there was a king that wanted to bless him. There was a king that wanted to bestow upon him more than he could ever do for himself. And in the same way, there is a king who looking over the landscape of humanity said, there's some people I wanna invite to my table. There's some people I wanna invite to my table. And just as King David sent people to invite and bring Mephibosheth, the father looked at the son and said, I need you to go do what they can't do so that they can come and sit at my table forevermore. And so the son came. He lived the life that we could not live to give us the, the blessing that we could not earn so that we too may sit at the table all the days of our lives. And so the invitation that David extended is a picture of the invitation that the king of the universe has extended. And you know, there's one more table I wanna talk about real briefly. It's a table found in Revelation chapter 19. Verses six through nine says, then I heard something like a loud voice of a multitude, like the sound of a cascading waterfall and like the rumbling of loud thunder saying, hallelujah, because our Lord God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad, rejoice and give him glory because the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. She was given fine linen to wear, pure and bright for the linen represents the righteous acts of the saint. Then he, the angel said to me being John, the writer, 
Write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. See, there's a table in the past that David invited Mephibosheth to. There's a table in the future that we get the picture of in the wedding feast of the Lamb that all who are invited to are certainly blessed. And so this week, you know, the team here as a church has exerted every ounce of energy and effort to create an experience where people can meet this King of the universe. The one who is calling out the invitation to come to his table. And you and I have the wonderful opportunity to play our part in the salvation story of God by carrying an invite. An invite. Two opportunities Thursday and Friday. And we've been given resources, invite cards, pamphlets, social media plugs. We've got all the opportunity to invite in the world. We've been writing names on boards of those we're gonna pray for and invite. But here's something I wanna kind of focus and close our attention on, is sometimes an invite needs to be accompanied with an opportunity or an offer to bring. Not just invite, but to bring. See, Mephibosheth could have received the invitation all day long, but unless there was somebody there who was willing to bring him to the king, all the invitation would have done is let him know that something is a possibility, but you can't get to it because of your condition. See, all of us have been brought to the king of the universe. If you're living that fully alive life in Christ, it's because somebody invited and have brought us because we couldn't do it on our own. Mephibosheth could never experience or to accumulate or to accomplish all the blessings that the king had for him. Somebody had to invite him and somebody had to bring him. So this week, those names on the boards, those names in your hearts, those faces on your minds that you're going to invite this week. Maybe it's not the first time you've invited and they've never been successful. Maybe it's time to say, hey, let me bring you to a service as well. Let me meet you beforehand. Let's go have um, a, a, a time together at lunch or something, whatever it may be. Let me offer you a ride. Let me help in some way. Let me invite you and also let me offer to bring you. Don't just meet me there. Let's get there together. That may be the kind of invitation that just makes an impact that results at another spot at the table being filled at that wedding feast. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Sean. What a powerful, powerful word. And so there's an empty chair at the table. And I don't know whose name is on it for you, but there's probably someone. All of us have people that are close to us, but are far from God. And this Christmas, I'm just asking, will you invite them to a table? Would the love of God that's in you compel you to spread a gift? Would your focus be clear and concise? 
would you see the hurting around you? And then would you do more than just give a handout? But may you pick somebody up, bring them to church, get them around a table that there's more room for. And I pray that on Thursday and Friday as we have service that there's a lot of people at the table that get to dine with the King for the first time and their lives are changed forever. And so we're gonna partner together, our co-laborers here. We're gonna do as a church what we can do and then we're gonna ask you to do what only you can do. See, as a team, we're doing all we can do to present the gospel in a very clear way, to have an amazing service for family and friends and one that you'd be proud of. And then we're inviting, but we just don't wanna be the only ones. I don't know your friends and family, you do. And so would you bring them to the table and then we'll do our part God will do his, I promise you. It'd be a great Christmas. And I think the best gift that you could give this year is not a present, but it's a gift of an invitation that can change somebody's life forever. And so let's do that as a church. It'll be a great week. Hey, would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in here today and you're far from God. You feel like the table this morning that was rolled out is a table for you. This morning you walked in and you're far from him. You've been doing life your own way. Today you're like, man, I'm, I'm so grateful for a table. Well, there's room for you today. Jesus says anyone that, or the scripture says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So anyone that just says, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, you shall be saved. And so if that's you today and you would say, you know what, today I'm making them Lord of my life. I wanna encourage you right there in your seat. We're not gonna call you out. I'm gonna ask you to come to the front. Just take a moment with God. Just say, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. Thank you for giving me a seat at the table. Would you pray this with me if you just said that? You could just pray it silently. You can pray it out loud, whatever you feel. Just, Father, we thank you. Today, I make you Lord of my life. I give you all of me for all of you. Thank you for making room at the table for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate anyone that made that decision today. Hey, one more time. Can we give it up for all of our speakers? Come on, you can do better than that. Would you give it up for all of our speakers? Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U 
to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.